Can anyone stop the Baltimore Ravens after their dominating division round performance over the Houston Texans? We'll talk about that and so much more coming up next here on this episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, your day of the NFL podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostracker. I'm the host of Locked On Ravens and one of the many NFL experts here on our network. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms here, so be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and follow along with us in audio form on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Free and available anywhere you decide to get your shows. And I want to thank you for making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every single day. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by LinkedIn. And LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates who want to talk to you faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL. LinkedIn.com slash Locked On NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're a five-day week NFL podcast. So Monday through Friday, we bring you the biggest stories throughout the week. And here today on Monday, we're talking divisional playoffs. Four good games for the most part, some better than others, but Really, I had three come down to the wire and then one blowout. And in the first part of the show, we're going to be talking about that blowout. The Baltimore Ravens, me being the host of Locked on Ravens. I'll take it through that first segment. We'll talk about if anybody can stop this team as they clearly look like the best team in the NFL right now after their dra- just absolute drubbing of the Houston Texans in that game on Saturday. Then we'll talk with Brian Peacock of Locked on 49ers. The 49ers escaped the Green Bay Packers on Saturday, we'll talk about how they made it to the NSV Championship. And then finally, the Kansas City Chiefs, they survived the Buffalo Bills. They make it to the AFC Championship. So a little AFC Championship sandwich of Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs will join us to talk about that. So let's talk Ravens here. 34-10 to 10, the final score. I'll start off this segment with a stat. One that's honestly kind of crazy. The Ravens and Texans played each other in week one this year. Ravens won 25-9. Ravens obviously went 34-10 this time around. The Ravens did not allow the Texans to score an offensive touchdown this season. Two games, 120 minutes, two full 60-minute games. The Texans' offense did not score a touchdown in the game. In this game, on Division Around Weekend, the Ravens did not allow the Texans to get into the red zone. Zero for zero is what Houston was in the red zone. The Ravens go four or five. It's a pretty big deciding factor on how they won this game. But Lamar Jackson's hitting on all cylinders right now. Now, this box score won't tell you that, but you have to watch the game to see the greatness of Lamar and just how, how much he elevates this team. Lamar, again, not, not a big game stat-wise for him. You want to just look at the box score. He ends up only throwing for 152 passing yards on 16-22 passing, but he did have two passing touchdowns, also ran for 100 yards and had two more passing touchdowns or two more touchdowns, excuse me, just touchdowns in general. Four total touchdowns for Lamar. And he impacts the game in so many ways. And we saw Houston try to defend him. And they actually had some success towards the end of the first half where they started blitzing Lamar. Lamar would back up and he he couldn't really do anything. And they got punched in the mouth by Houston at the end of that first half. Steven Sims went right up the middle for a punt return touchdown and tied the game at 10. That was the score heading into the half. And the thing that they did in 2019 that they did not do in 2023 or right now in 2024 is in 2019, they got punched in the mouth by Tennessee and could not recover. They kind of laid down and just said, you know what? We got punched in the mouth. We can't do anything to stop it. 
2023-2024 team. Lamar went into that locker room after the game. He was asked about what he said to his team or just who, who was talking at halftime. He patted his chest. He said, it was me. It was me. I did it. And he said it, the stuff he said was too inappropriate to actually say. So not going to speculate or anything crazy like that. But Lamar's taken on such a leadership role for them this season. Same thing with Roquan Smith on the other side of the ball. They're, they're stud linebacker, all pro guy. Those two have kind of led the charge for the Ravens from a leadership perspective. And it just makes everything go for them. The Ravens have had one goal all year, and that's to win the Super Bowl. And they understand this one week at a time, got to lock in. They don't really celebrate. In ter- you know, like we saw John Harbaugh dancing, and the playoffs are a different story. And, you know, when they clinch big things. But after a regular, regular season win, they, they're just like, all right, next next thing. They're going to celebrate their wins, but they're going to move on quickly. And that's exactly what they've done. The running game has been really good for them. They've been a top rushing offense all season. Baltimore ran for almost 200 more yards than Houston in this game, 229 compared to Houston's 38. Gus Edwards looked good. Justice Hill looked good. Dalvin Cook, new acquisition there, got in on the action. Plus, obviously, Lamar. The Ravens were always going to be a run-first team, even after changing coordinators from Greg Roman to Todd Munkin. It, it was always going to be that way. But what you bring Munkin in for is to elevate the creativity in the passing game. And I think we've seen that because all you know the past three, four years, Ravens fans have been asking for this team to surround Lamar Jackson with weapons, give him better pass catching weapons, give him a better offensive system from a whole perspective and see what he does. And it's exactly what we've kind of been hoping for here in Baltimore for a while. Zay Flowers, four for 41, Rashad Bateman, three for 39. Again, not not these crazy pass-catching stats, but those guys open up so many different things. And Lamar had a ton of timely completions in this game. Now, neither team was great on third down, 4 for 12 for both teams. But Baltimore went 2 of 2 on fourth down. Houston went 0 for 1. And when you take what Baltimore did in this game, they shut out Houston in the second half, 24 to nothing. You take what Baltimore did in this game. You take what they did over the past month of the regular season. Big character one against the Rams. Great one against the Jaguars. Two incredible wins against the 49ers and Dolphins. They are the test. They they are the best team in the NFL. And I'm not just saying that as the locked on Ravens guy or trying to hype up this team where they don't deserve it. They, they do deserve it. They played that way all season. And when you look at all the other teams, I mean, Kansas City, their offense has not been up to what we've seen from them over the Patrick Mahomes era. 49ers almost collapsed against Green Bay and Green Bay is a good young team, but obviously if you're Green Bay, you're going in there to San Francisco, you're trying to upset. You're not the favorite and 49ers eventually escaped, but it was close. And then when you look at a team like the Lions, great story, right? I'm a big Dan Campbell guy. That team is a really great story, but I just don't see them beating Baltimore. Now, anything can happen. The playoffs are on any given Saturday or Sunday, right? It, any team can beat anybody in the playoffs. So it's one game at a time. But if you're looking at who is the best team in the NFL, can anybody stop the Ravens right now? The Ravens have done nothing over the last probably two months for me to say, yeah, well, I don't trust them to do this or I don't trust them to do that. They have passed every test, including getting punched in the mouth in the playoffs and responding. So me, me saying this is, does not mean the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl, right? They still have two more games to win. The Chiefs could very welcome an MIT Make Stadium on Sunday and beat them. But I think they have the best shot out of anybody to win the Super Bowl this year. Got to earn it. 
but we'll see what ends up happening for him. Coming up in the second part of the show, we'll be talking with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers about San Francisco escaping Green Bay. Stay tuned, a lot to get to on Locked On NFL. First, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that will take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on your team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And I've had a ton of great experiences over there on LinkedIn, whether it's connecting, networking, finding jobs. LinkedIn's been great. LinkedIn is just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. Plus, hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. And in 2024, maybe you want to achieve some goals. The right team member could help you do that. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires or saving competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Push your job for LinkedIn.com slash lock on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash lock on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. We're back our second segment, Locked On NFL. Kevin Allstriker still talking with you here on this Monday. The championship weekend is here, AFC Championship, NFC Championship. Let's talk about the NFC Championship a little bit. Talking with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers. They escaped the Green Bay Packers. We'll talk about how they did it and the mood in San Francisco heading into the big game coming up now. The San Francisco 49ers escaped the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round to make it to the NFC Championship game. Green Bay gave them a run for their money over there in San Francisco, but Green Bay 24-21, the 49ers win the game. Brian Peacock locked on 49ers here to take us through his emotions, first of all, through that game. Brian, it, it felt like it was back and forth the entire game. Christian McCaffrey had a great game, Brock Purdy. Struggled at times, but had that one drive late that really helped San Francisco seal the deal. What were you feeling throughout the entire course of this game? Yeah, it was definitely a big exhale after that one. Uh, the, I, I didn't expect the 49ers were going to win the game until the Dre Greenlaw interception. Even after the 49ers scored with a minute something left, I was like, this game is too weird. This game was drunk from early. Then halftime, they somebody ordered Jaeger shots, right? That's that's sort of the way I, I described what that football game was. And the 49ers were out of sync from the jump. And I know there's been a lot of rust versus rest debates. Uh, I don't think you can blame sitting for a week on why the 49ers, you know, were um, we're not ready to play in that game. The weather obviously played a big part in that. And especially for Brock Purdy, I don't think Brock Purdy was bad because he's a bad quarterback. He was bad for three and a half quarters aside from one touchdown pass to George Kittle. I, I think because the rain really bothers him. And we saw it in Cleveland earlier on this year, the first loss for the 49ers. There are so many similarities to that game in this game. The 49ers were looked like the best team in the league five and zero. they go to Cleveland and it was raining and it was really wet. And the ball was flying out of Brock Purdy's hands really weird. And you could tell that the weather was bothering him. And what happened in that game? Debo Samuel got hurt on the first series of the game early. And I think Debo was going to be a big part of the game plan. I think Debo is a big part of the game plan against the Packers on Saturday night as well. So um, as I'm watching that game, I'm just like, this does not look right. They look off. Uh, and it wasn't just Brock Purdy thing either. You know, they were, they were, and it was, I thought Kyle Shanahan was getting out coached by, by Michael uh, Matt Lafleur, uh, I thought that you know Jordan Love was was playing really well. They spent so much time in the 49ers into the end zone or into the into the field. Um, 
And luckily, the 49ers defense, Ben don't break, allowed two field goals and, and not touchdowns and, you know, drop some interceptions because it could have got ugly quick. Like the 49ers uh, and, and good on them for being prepared and not folding. And we're ready when the opportunity arises late in the game to have that drive and Brock Purdy going six of seven to take him down the field and win the football game. But what happened in Cleveland, Brock Purdy didn't look great. Let a game winning drive potentially the rookie kicker, Jake Moody, who missed a kick in this one. It was blocked, but I don't think it was going in anyway. It was low and left. That's why it was blocked. Missed the game-winning kick against Cleveland. So that's why there's so many similarities to that game. Rain, how it was ugly. Brock Purdy put a drive together at the end to win the game. This time, it was Christian McCaffrey was able to plunge into the end zone. In that Cleveland game, they missed the kick. They weren't able to win the game. So I guess it's a notch in your belt for the 49ers, knowing you can win that ugly and you don't have to play your best game to beat a, a really hot team and a playoff team. But if they play like that for 55 of the 60 minutes, again, uh, they're going to be starting draft season a lot sooner than they, they want to. Yeah. And the playoffs, it's really a one game season every single week where yeah. it's this time of year, win no matter how you do it. Doesn't matter if you win, you advance. If you lose, you're done. So it was ugly for Green Bay and ugly for San Francisco. But at the end of the day, the 49ers are the ones that pulled out the win and they were the ones that advanced. Now, you mentioned Debo Samuel there, Brian. It's interesting because he is such a big part of what the 49ers do. And I agree with you. I think they were kind of fixing it up to be a, a big Debo game. What are the latest updates on Debo? And maybe if he has to miss the NFC Championship game, who are guys that have to step up in his absence? Uh, well, yeah. All the weapons are there for him. And I was a little bit surprised that Kyle Shanahan, and especially seeing how the weather was affecting his quarterback, was still sticking with the pass as much because Christian McCaffrey, through three quarters, had like 11 carries. So uh, it, it'll be a big Christian McCaffrey game. I thought he was going to handle the ball a lot more. They've got good reserve running backs, too. Like you, It doesn't have to be all Christian McCaffrey all the time. But Christian McCaffrey can do some Debo stuff, just like Debo can do some Christian McCaffrey-type stuff. There's some crossover there. So if they know they don't have Debo... They can probably prepare a little bit differently than than they would have uh, thinking that Debo was going to be in the game and utilize Christian McCaffrey in some of those roles. Juwan Jennings is a big, tough guy. can get some yards after the catch, much different style of runner after the catch. Um, very good blocker down the field is uh, is Juwan Jennings, too. And, and obviously, Brandon Ayuk should be a bigger factor as well and is in better weather, and it's going to be 68 degrees and sunny next Sunday for the NFC Championship game in Santa Clara. So that much that that's, that's much better there. Uh, right now, we don't know. I'd be surprised if they rule Debo Samuel out because they want Detroit to not know either way. But Kyle Shanahan after the game said it was very much, it's the same shoulders, the same injuries he had in the Cleveland game could be similar, might miss a couple weeks. I'd be shocked if the 49ers make the Super Bowl. If Debo didn't play, I'm guessing he's going to be questionable going into this one. It makes sense. And you mentioned Detroit there. We now know that San Francisco will be facing off against Detroit in the NFC Championship game after they defeated Tampa Bay in a crazy game there too. Which matchup would you have preferred, Brian? Would you have preferred Detroit? Would you have preferred Tampa Bay? And how do you end up feeling about this Detroit matchup now that you know it's them? Oh, much would have preferred Tampa Bay. Uh, and I asked that, I was asked that question a lot uh, before this week's games. I was asked that question a lot before the playoffs started. And I said, well, look, the 49ers have already beaten Bucks and Eagles and, and Cowboys. The unknown is the Detroit Lions. So they were always the team that I thought had the best shot to beat the 49ers in this. And I still think the 49ers are the best team on the NFC side. They want to see a lot better 49ers team next Sunday at Levi's stadium against the Detroit lions, but the Detroit lions can, um, can are pretty good against the run. Uh, they've got some dynamic players on the offensive side of the ball. So it's going to be a really good matchup and they, and they can go pressure a quarterback too. So um, it, it, what's funny is last week or a couple days ago, 
um, on Saturday. I thought it should have been a Christian McCaffrey game. They should have stuck to the ground more. Kyle went to the air more than I thought. Next week, I think it would line up a lot better to be a Brock Purdy game and let him throw a little bit better conditions uh, against that pass defense of the the Detroit Lions. But um, we'll see how things go there. It, it's it's I, the I, the 49ers will be favored. The 49ers should be favored, but I do think it's the best matchup of the NFC teams we saw this year in. So I can't wait for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Jared Goff, local kid as well. So there's going to be a lot of storylines about that but he's always a lot better at home than he is on the road and so i do think that's going to be a big factor in this one yeah i agree and i think another key part in this whole thing is in that green green bay game brian we, we saw all the stats about with shanahan and the fourth quarters and, and you know it was all over social media all week and look what ends up happening in this game they end up kind of getting that off of their back a little bit how, how big is that for san francisco to kind of go through that and have a positive result well, I saw some listeners on Locks on 49ers commenting that they thought Kyle did it on purpose just so he could add one to that column. And look, every coach is bad when they're not leading going into the fourth quarter. It was just that Kyle was like 0 for 30 when he's down five points or whatever it is. And so it was good to see that they were able to do that. You don't want that to be the only good drive you have in the game, though. Is the final drive to go win it and need an interception the other way to, to seal a victory? I don't think that's how you draw up that sort of a game. And I do think this was a lot of the 49ers just not playing great more so than the Packers really doing something to the 49ers as good as the Packers are. And uh, I mean, one number that really stands out to me in this game is that the, the 49ers didn't run a play inside Green Bay's 25 yard line until the 220 mark of the fourth quarter of the game. And they did have a long touchdown run and from McCaffrey and a long touchdown pass to George Kittle that were from outside the 30 yard line. So they only ran uh, the first play inside the Green Bay's 25 yard line at the 220 mark in the fourth quarter. Green Bay was inside San Francisco's 25 yard line on six of eight possessions in that game. And so that told the story of the game. If you watched it and you didn't have a scoreboard, you would have thought the Packers were running away with it. And so somehow the 49ers, uh, you know, and guts of a burglar for from Brock Purdy to go six of seven on the final drive. And they figured it out and big plays from interceptions from Dre Greenlaw and they got it done. Not how you draw it up, but good teams have to win ugly sometimes. 49ers did, and I think you're going to see a lot better version across the board. Offense, defense, special teams, coaching everywhere from the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. First, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet out. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. That pursuit for you is there's so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays. You can find best in most sports. Have it can make a parlay in the parlay. Have the best way to find popular parlays and so much more. For this championship weekend, maybe you'll want to string together a couple of anytime touchdowns for a parlay. Maybe Travis Kelsey at MC Bank Stadium. Maybe Mark Andrews come back for the Ravens. You want to do a tight end anytime touchdown parlay over on FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown. Make your first better layup. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. We're back rounding out Locked On NFL. Kevin Oshreker still talking with you here. Thanks so much again for tuning into Locked On NFL here, making us your first listen each and every day. Again, five days a week of NFL content every single week. So be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Follow Locked On Audio Form as well. It's the same show, both audio and in video. The Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills played another classic game together. They've had a few of those, especially in the Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes eras. But we're going to be talking about that game with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs as the Chiefs survived the Bills in advance of the AG Championship game. So we'll talk with them now. 
The Kansas City Chiefs survive the Buffalo Bills in advance of the AFC Championship game. It was a crazy, wacky, and wild game all the way around, but it doesn't matter how you win in the playoffs. You just have to win, and Kansas City did that after Tyler Bass misses the game-tying field goal. Chris Clark locked on Chiefs here to break down everything and just, again, talk about the emotions that go through a game like this because it seemed like early on, Chris, both teams wanted – both teams really wanted to win. But then it seemed like at the end there – both teams were trying to give the game to the other team. So how were you kind of yeah. sitting through this and what were the emotions that you were going through? To start the game, it was pretty uh, deflating, quite honestly. I thought, you know, I'll be honest, going into this game, I felt pretty good for Kansas City because I looked at it as the Chiefs really didn't have a ton of pressure on them. And I say that because nobody was picking them to win. They weren't favored to win, obviously. They're going to somebody else's stadium uh, it's their first road playoff game. The Bills have everything on the line for them in this game uh, and bragging rights and and whatever. And, uh, you know, I felt great. And, and they'd won six games in a row, so I was feeling pretty good about this. Then watching the Bills basically just run all over the Chiefs in the first half, uh, you got worried. I, I think that you looked at the game and, and was like, well, this doesn't look like it's going to be good. But then Kansas City's defense came out in the second half and did what they've done pretty much all season and allowed seven points in the second half uh 24 points uh that is fantastic defense for this team and when you look at what Kansas's done all year long it's basically keep a team under 20 points or around 20 21 to 24 and you probably have a pretty good chance of winning uh the chiefs offense was able to get enough done in this game the the defense was uh played very well but the bills defense was beat up and then you you know you start talking about the second half you know the chiefs go down score a touchdown and then Nicole Hardman gets the ball and he fumbles the ball on the one yard line. It goes out of the end zone and you're just sitting there right after the, the bills fake punt. Uh, I mean, just up and down, up and down, up and down the second half. And then, you know, to watch that field goal go wide, right. I, I was feeling pretty good when he started to go up to kick that ball with 45 yards. I was like, man, I'm glad it's not, or I, I'm happy they don't have Butker because I would have trusted him to be to make that kick. Tyler Bass, I don't, I didn't have the faith, especially with the swirling winds that you saw earlier in the game. Yeah, and let me tell you, I had Tyler Bass as my fantasy kicker, and I think every almost every single league this year, and it was it was an up and down experience, and I think yep. it kind of came to a head here at the end of that Chiefs and Bills game, but. It's really interesting, Chris, because, again, you mentioned nobody was picking Kansas City to win this game. The big storyline was it being Patrick Mahomes, the first road playoff game in his career. And I remember early in the season, or at least towards the middle, we were talking about, well, Kansas City has all these flaws. And the offense hadn't looked up to what it had looked up to in the past couple of seasons. And there were questions, especially as the season was winding down, about, well, does Kansas City have enough to get into the playoffs, let alone, you know, maybe be a team that makes it one round or is a one and done. What have they done over these past couple of weeks in the playoffs to kind of shed some of that negative energy and make it here to the AFC Championship? They've ran the ball. Uh, they've been consistent running the ball. If you look at what Pacheco was able to do last week against Miami and then this week against Buffalo again, uh, one of the things that's really stood out in that game, Kansas City had four third downs the entire game. Four. Wow. They went one for four on third down but they only had four the entire game. That means that they were scoring, and they scored 27 points. That means that the, and there wasn't any short fields. They were scoring, and they were moving the ball on first and second down. They never got to third down. Uh, they were getting 7.7 yards per play against Buffalo the entire game, uh, and Pacheco had 6.5 yards per rush uh, for the game. So 
you know, you look at what they've been able to do. It's a mix of running the ball and passing the ball. Obviously, Mahomes was efficient enough with it, uh, 215 yards or so and two touchdowns. Uh, to Travis Kelsey, who hadn't caught a touchdown in seven games. Uh, and now him and Mahomes are ahead of Brady and Gronkowski as the best duo ever in six years. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. And I know that in a game like this, Chris, obviously it was super physical. Both teams went through the ringer a little bit when it came to some of the hits that everybody was taking. They they both wanted it badly, obviously. But there were a couple injuries that Kansas City had, and Andy Reid spoke on those. Said Mike Edwards has a concussion. Willie Gay tweaked his neck a little bit. But then the big one, I think, is Joe Tooney, who has a right pec injury. And that one, there's going to be an MRI. Obviously, we don't know the severity of it. But if Tooney has to miss the AFC Championship game or if he's done for the rest of the playoffs, how big of a loss would that be? And who has to step up to replace him? It's absolutely huge. It's almost catastrophic for the Chiefs. And I I like Nick Allegretti. That's who the backup would be. That's who's going to go in. But I'm sorry. That'd be like asking... Uh, you know, your backup quarterback to come in for the Baltimore Ravens and play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I, the reality is, is he is an all pro. Uh, Tooney has been an all pro year after year after year. He's a, he's a guy that has been a stalwart and he's been playing fantastic football. It is a huge loss. Uh, and it's not just pass protection, that's part of it, but it's he's been great in run blocking, he's been great in pulling, he's been the one that's been leading for some of those rushes. It's a huge loss. Yeah, it would be. And so we'll see what the results. Especially against that defense, sorry. Yeah, no, it is. And with the Ravens, we saw what they were able to do against Houston's run offense. And obviously it's a different Kansas City and Houston are not the same yep. team. But now you look at the Ravens. You look ahead to Baltimore, Chris. How do you like the matchup? And how do you think Kansas City matches up with Baltimore? It's going to be interesting because Baltimore likes to run the ball. And you saw what happened with Kansas City today. They allowed, I think, 182 yards rushing. Uh, that's going to be difficult. But if you're able to do what the offense was able to do on for the Chiefs today, I think you got to feel pretty good about your chances because Mahomes was efficient. They were able to run the ball and consistently move the chains. Yeah, they didn't. They suffered in time of possession, and that's going to be a big problem. But if they can slow the Ravens down just a little bit, and the big question I'm going to have is, can the Ravens do, and I would imagine they can, can the Ravens do what the Bills did to the Chiefs and run the ball and gash them like they did? Because the Bills went away from the running game at times, and I think that really cost them down the stretch. And in a game like this, you know, AFC Championship, it's the first for the Ravens in their franchise history. This will not be the second road playoff game for Mahomes. Lamar and Mahomes matched up so often early. I think the Ravens played the yep. Chiefs, what, four, three times in their first years or four times in their first four years. Obviously a different Chiefs team and a different Ravens team. But to me, Chris, I think the Chiefs' defense is where you have to look. I mean, how impressed have you been with them, not only in these playoffs, but what they've done over the course of the entire season? They've been fantastic. And the, the big question that you have going into this game against the Ravens is, can they pressure Lamar Jackson? And, you know, the big thing, and here's the other thing. You know, we talked about Joe Tooney. Willie Gay would be a huge loss to the Chiefs as well because one of the things, and I think one of the things that didn't happen in this game that I think really would have changed the game for the Bills is – with Willie Gay going out early, you lost the spy that you were planning on having play that position and spy on Josh Allen. Uh, and Willie has the speed and the power to be able to take him down. Now, obviously, Lamar Jackson is a much different quarterback. He has much different speed, you know, agility, whatever, I, all that. I, I get that. 
but without having Willie Gay, that's gonna that could be a huge loss for the Chiefs. I'm hoping he's able to go. Uh, he did tweet after the game he'll be ready to go next week. Uh, but the one thing that he did see against the Bills is I think it started in the third quarter because I don't remember it coming out right after halftime. Uh, but the Chiefs started using Leo Chanel as a spy on Josh Allen and. I think that that's something that they need to practice a lot this week because I think Willie's still going to be dealing with a neck injury, and you're going to need to have somebody to spy Lamar Jackson in this game. Chris is great, and be sure to check him out over at the Locked On Chiefs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's all I have for you here today, though, on Locked On NFL. Thanks so much for tuning in. Again, be sure to subscribe, follow along in audio form. The whole nine yards really helps out the show and put it in front of more NFL fans as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Coming up tomorrow, it's more NFL content from us, so be sure to stay tuned for that. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown NFL.